Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And if this is your first 5C2P episode, welcome. Yeah, welcome. And if it's your like 68th, also welcome. Yeah. But if you are new, we are a podcast that talks about witchy things and spooky things. We talk about monsters sometimes. If you were here last week, we talked about periods. Yeah. So we talk about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but this week, we're going to talk about one of our first divination tools. We're going to talk about pendulums. Yeah, pendulums. Should be rad. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to pendulums... Let's get this right out of the way, right out of the gate. Lindsay, how was your week? I had a good week. It wasn't anything exciting, but it was good. So I'll take it. I like that. I like a good solid week. Yeah. (laughs) My week generally tends to be exhausting right now. (laughs) Work is crazy and I'm doing a pretty good job of holding it all together and that balancing act between, you know, working really hard when I am working, but, you know, reminding myself to like still take like a walk or a break for lunch or, I don't know, snuggle Kenway for 10 minutes because he's incessantly needy. (laughs) He is so needy. (laughs) He's so cute though he's very cute he's currently curled up on your jacket as we record which he does every single time we record now every single time well i put it on the floor for him because i know he likes to like snug soft things so and he knows it's for him yeah he it's like a beacon of solitude for him now (laughs) he's very excited when people come over which is pretty much for the last year only you (laughs) so whenever you come over he's like yay visitors (laughs) but he comes right upstairs to record with us and yeah beelines for like i feel like he get like gets like an antsy prance until you put it down (laughs) it's like where am i supposed to be over here over here over here Oh, okay, good. There. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he knows it's his spot. It's super cute. It's awesome because it means he's not in our shit while we're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's right there being snuggly and being a buddy. Aww. Getting his getting his hormone, pheromone, Kenway smell all over your jacket. <laughs> way, way. He also brought me one of his toy fish today. He did. That was really cute. That was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't learned how to play fetch. I tried the other night to get him to bring the fish back to me. Yeah. And so he's, he, right now where he's at is he'll bring the fish when he wants to play. And then he'll be like, throw the fish. And so then I throw the fish. And then he runs and he catches the fish. And he plays with it for a second. And then he runs back and he's like, throw the fish. And I'm like, you didn't bring the fish with you. I don't have an infinite supply of fish in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that he brought it to you to play. Yeah, I did too. That was super cute. I didn't even notice until you were like, he brought you his fish. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just looked down and there's Do a rainbow fish it. there. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, okay. Here we go. I throw. <laughs> <laughs> He was very excited. Yes. <laughs> and now he's very snuggly. Not as excited, though, as I am to play Dungeons & Dragons this coming weekend. Ooh, me too. So I know at least one listener will be like, this weekend, we played last weekend by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. But in in the day of recording, we get to play Icewind Dale again this coming weekend. We and so stoked. Do. Yeah, we finally get to hit up the town that we've been trying to hit for the past two games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, spoilers, if you are planning on playing Icewind Dale, just, I don't know, take your earbuds out for like two seconds. Uh, You can come right on back in just a moment, but this is your warning. Spoilers. 
okay, if you're still listening, it's your problem, not mine. <laughs> but we're about to go to the town of Goodmead, and they have fucking dinosaur bones. Yes. <laughs> I've never, ever, ever played a D&D game where I've actually gotten a chance to encounter a dinosaur bone. We've, like, we've played a little bit where in a different game where dinosaurs were a thing, but we didn't actually ever encounter them in any way during the game. Yeah. We were just sort of like an off screen in this region of the world. There are dinosaurs. Yes. This will be my first time ever getting a little Jurassic Park in my D&D. I'm so excited. I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> I, Veronica, am like, dinosaur bones. My character is like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I really need a hot bath and a cigarette. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm going to nerd out over dinosaur bones and hope that somebody else in, in the party is excited and talks about them so that I can like listen. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I bet our fern will be super excited in game. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, it's always nice to have something to look forward to. And that's definitely my thing this week. Yeah, dude. Totally. I'm also looking forward to, to us remembering to light our ritual candle. <laughs> <laughs> I got lighter in hand. <laughs> All right, give me one second. It's sort of across the room. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> it wasn't that far. Well, no, but I just, I don't have it on the recording stand today. <laughs> so... It just, you know, it needs to be, it's, get, it's getting down to the point, we're still burning the three-eyed cat, but it is getting to the point now where, like, it's starting to get holes in the sides of it he of its head, so it's going to get drippy real soon, maybe oh. even today. So, uh, no longer on the recording studio, now off to the side, because the last thing we need is wax dripped into our soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> And another problem with the board. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be just fine. We're making good decisions here. We're doing great. <laughs> well, you want to talk about some pendulums? I sure do. But first, I want to take a little break. Yeah. I want to take a little break. We're going to come on back to talk all about divination tools that are pendulums. Yeah, totally. See you soon, witches. dude <laughs> all right we are ready to talk about pendulums yeah so i want to stay straight up i've got a pendulum do you i do all right sweet yeah. so we're gonna sprinkle in a little of our own thoughts on this we're gonna share some things that we've read and things that we um you know have just our own little intuition on but we're gonna walk you through what is a pendulum how do you use it and we'll go from there yeah dude totally right, cool so kick things off. What is a pendulum? Maybe you're like, you guys keep nattering on about this and I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so a pendulum by definition is basically anything attached to like the end of a string or a chain or something like that, that swings back and forth or in a circular motion. So basically take a locket, run it to the end of your chain's that's a pendulum. Yeah. <laughs> but specific to uh, witchcraft, this is a divination tool. 
So it is, in fact, something typically small and pointed that is attached to the end of a cord of some sort. Now, you want to use cord lightly. Maybe it's a ribbon. Maybe it's a particular type of thread. Maybe it's a chain. And it is used to divine some sort of answer to a question. So it's not necessarily tell the future per se. It's to answer a question almost like you would uh, a speaking board or a spirit board. Yeah, dude, totally. And they can be made of a number of different materials, right? Like I know that mine is different from yours. Absolutely. So mine is, I think it's a walnut shell, but honestly, I'm not really sure. It's, it's definitely botanical. It's a little sort of reddish, rusty brown wood-like object. It's got a little silver taper point on it. But it's it's like a little nut of some sort. Yeah, mine I'm I think is made from silver. I I bought it so long ago I can't remember, but I think mine is silver and it has little like pentagrams carved into Ooh. it. Yeah, it's cute. There's also a lid on the top that you can like open it up and stuff something in there. Ooh ooh ooh! We're gonna talk more about that yeah. later. That's a special type of pendulum. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna make people wait. <laughs> But they can be made from other things, too. They can be made from, like, crystals or Absolutely. Like stones or, you know, other Just, metals. Yep. Other metals, brass, gold, um, wire, like, wire wrappings. Uh, and I like the the crystal ones a lot because, much like you can use crystals in other parts of your practice, what the pendulum is made from can actually help influence what you use it for or how how clear the message is. So it's thought often that like some say the wood ones uh, give the sort of greatest clarity. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but I do dig that mine is some sort of botanical wood like thing. Yeah, dude, that's super cool. But the crystal ones you have to, you know, maybe take a, just take a second and think about it when you're going to use it, especially if you have more than one pendulum, because crystals can be used to channel different types of energy and it can also be used to like protect or block energy. So if you have a pendulum that's made of let's say amethyst or rose quartz and you're using it to maybe get answers on relationships, love, something like that, you might get a clearer answer, a more clear answer than if you used one that was made of like pyrite or obsidian or hematite or something like that's a little bit more of a grounding or a blocking and so just something to think of you know if you have multiple pendulums or as you're choosing your first one because they are pretty <laughs> I gotta say it's one of my favorite things to like look at when I go to an occult shop or a witchcraft store they're just they're beautiful hanging all in their little trees or sometimes in a, like a little velvet case and it, it can be hard to choose the right one. Yeah, it really can. So how did you choose yours? So I went to a shop in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, a friend took me and I didn't go in looking for a pendulum. Uh, they just took me to one of the oldest witch store, uh, witchcraft shops in Salem. And I was just sort of drawn to the pendulums. I had never seen one before. I didn't know what they were used for. And they offered to buy me one because they were into witchy things. And so they were like, you know, I think this is something you should have if you feel drawn to this. And uh, there were so many to choose from 
And the one that I chose was the only one of its kind on that sort of tree branch of display case. And it was that like little gnarly, it's like this little gnarly, knobbly, rusty sort of wood colored. Uh, and it's very unique looking. It's a little imperfect. It's a little weird. And I was drawn to it because it was the only non-crystal stone one. Oh, All cool. of the other ones were like amethyst or quartz or obsidian or something like that. And they were beautiful. But this one just, I don't know, it looks so special. And I liked that it was more botanical in nature. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And yeah. And so I feel like a little like it chose me and a little like I chose it. It just felt like a good match. Yeah. It was probably, I would say, a mixture of the two. It, you felt drawn to it for some reason. And maybe it was calling out to you. Maybe it was like, hey. Yeah. I want you to be my mama. Yeah. It came in this sweet little like black satin bag too. Oh, cool. It was great. How about you? Where'd you get yours? I don't remember, honestly. It was like, I, it was probably almost 20 years ago at this oh, point wow. that I got it. Uh, but I, I bought it because I liked that it opened up. Like I liked right. the idea of being able to put some kind of herb in there or something. Uh, if I had like a specific intention that I was using it for, something that could like correspond to that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. So that's why I bought it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, didn't know that yours opened up. I didn't know that. I've, I feel like I've maybe seen yours once or you've told me about it. Um, so yeah. I feel like I, I knew it was metal, but I didn't know it opened. And that's really cool. Yeah, I found it recently. And I, I don't know if I showed you, but I may have told you about it. And then I I lost it again. So it's, it's somewhere in my apartment. So... I, I guess I'd love to, you know, share with the listeners, like, if you don't have a pendulum and you're pendulum curious or you've always wanted to get one, maybe some tips for choosing, choosing your own or having it choose you. And I think the first one, although difficult at the moment, is really important. And that is choose it in person. Yeah. I, I really, I feel fairly strongly about this. Uh, you can absolutely buy stuff online. And I'm not saying you shouldn't support all of your small local businesses by buying things online because you should. But if at all possible, choosing it in person is going to have a slightly different effect because you can really like touch it. I think that's the second thing that I, I like to recommend is like choosing a crystal or even a set of cards, being able to like pick it up and see how its energy feels in your hands can make a lot of difference. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I like I definitely think that you can get vibes off of these sort of things for sure. Yeah. Feeling its energy, the energy that it's putting out, also the energy that you have that's drawing, you know, like you're pushing out towards it might make a difference. Absolutely. Well. And and sometimes that energy just isn't the same when you're like, "Ooh, pretty click. Bye." <laughs> right. And then you order this and it gets there and it looks completely different uh -huh. than what you thought it was going yep. to be. Yeah, that yeah. and that's always a bummer. So picking one out in person is rad. Also, I've been told that if you touch it or pick it up and it feels warm or it feels like it's humming, that means it's good luck. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's super <laughs> I that, I've never had that experience personally, but I thought that was fun. <laughs> and then I think the biggest thing is there's no right or wrong. So, you know, mine's wood-ish and <laughs> some sort of seed. Yours is metal, like... There's no like, oh, you shouldn't buy a jade one or you shouldn't buy a blah or that's so overdone or like, who cares if you love the color purple and you go into a shop and you're like, ooh the amethyst ones because they're purple fucking buy it. <laughs> it does like it doesn't matter if you like it. That's enough. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. 
and then you can go from there. You can always like get to know it, get to use it. And if it has like, you know, a certain leaning one way or another and it doesn't connect with you, you can always like try again. But yeah, especially for your first one. If you like it, even if the only reason is it's pretty, that's good enough. So I've used a pendulum. I've been using pendulums now for a few years. I don't tend to use it for myself. I tend to use it more to read for others. But one of the things that I have been asked is, how does it work? How am I not the one moving it? Much like a speaking board, spirit board, Ouija board kind of thing. Okay. And so I wanted to just take like a hot second to talk a little bit about like how a pendulum works, not how to read it, but just, you know, what makes it do the thing that it's doing? Oh yeah. I'd love to hear your take on this. So there's a lot of different thoughts, opinions, and it really will depend on your personal practice and your personal beliefs. I will say first and foremost, I do think this takes a certain amount of faith or suspension of disbelief even. So you have to want it to do something like if you are going into this being like this is bullshit then you're not going to get any meaning from it the same as you're not going to get any meaning from tarot or lighting a candle or saying a prayer like if you don't believe in it in some way even just like curiosity and fun like reading a horoscope in the newspaper like you have to want to get at least a little something from it And you have to be open to it for it to work. So you need to, like, you need to want it in some way. But essentially, the thought is sort of one of two things. Either this is a medium where a higher power is using it to speak through the person holding the pendulum. So maybe it's a guardian angel or a spirit guide or a goddess or something like that. Or it is a connection to your higher self and it is the connection. And I like this one. This is the one that gets me is that it's a connection between your logical brain and your intuition. And so when I do tarot readings, for example, it, it's always the other is what I call it. It's that voice in the back of your head. It's the like hairs that raise up when you are like, like get goosebumps and you're like, Ooh, that really like spoke to me, that song, that like that moment in a movie, uh, whatever it might be, but that like little bit of self, like self and subconscious that you're not tapped into a hundred percent all the time. So the thing that maybe, you know, but you don't know because you don't think about it all the time. Right. That's the belief that I tend to lean toward too. Yeah. So it's, it's basically asks, uh, acts as a receiver, a transmitter to yourself, to the subconscious that you may know to be true. And, and then it just manifests that way. So microscopic movements, and I believe that Ouija boards are very similar, but imperceptible movements. So you won't see your hand move in the naked eye, but the pendulum will move. Right. And maybe it's a higher spirit guiding you. Maybe it's that like little something in the back of your head that you knew all along that you just needed a tool to like to bring it out. And that's what divining is. Have you ever had an instance where your pendulum did not move at all? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have. It's weird. Uh, So my... Uh, my biggest moment, I suppose, in reading with a pendulum for somebody else, 
uh, a couple years back, we always decorate for Halloween here and we did a big carnival circus moment. And so I used the pendulum to read for trick-or-treaters and their parents as they were coming through the yard, obviously pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I think about it now where I'm like, oh God, <laughs> nobody was wearing masks and everybody was touching it. <laughs> uh, but I, I did. I had the first time, I'd never had this happen before, where a family uh, that was, I would say, new to the area, temporarily here. And what I got from their conversation was that they were from Europe and they were trying to decide if they wanted to stay in Somerville or not. I think they were here for some sort of teaching engagement, just listening to them chat with other parents and that sort of thing. And the kids did a reading and they were super excited with their results. And so then the father was really curious and wanted to know how it worked and wanted to do a reading. So I explained to him how to hold it, how it works, you know, what we were going to do. And that thing would not fucking budge. I have <laughs> never seen a pendulum hang so dead straight center. It wasn't even that it wasn't moving. It was that it was like drawn into the ground. It was so straight. It didn't like wiggle, waffle, nothing. And his hand was very steady, but not steady enough for like, that was, that was oddly negative movement. And then he was very confused and I was very confused because I had never seen that before. (laughs) And that was not one of the answers that I was like prepared for. So we talked a little bit about it and I basically went with, um, like I, I basically went with it's undecided that, you know, either the fact that he was such a skeptic was blocking it or they're like, the answer is truly not known at this point in time there, or that it was an equally good option. Like I just, that's what I went with because that's what felt right in the moment. He told me afterwards, his question was, um, should we move back to Europe? Oh, okay. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's so crazy. And like Halloween night in New England, like end of October, I was here that night and it wasn't like a particularly still night or anything. Like the wind was blowing Mm -hmm. a little bit. So it's super crazy that even like a a small gust of wind wouldn't budge it. Yeah, like like and, and you're right. It's a busy like it's a busy night. Lots of people crowded around the yard. Yeah. Our yard is not flat. Like it just it didn't move or wiggle even a little. Yeah, because so I've certainly weird. had it where like it sort of sways a little, figures out what it wants to do before it like gets a, a clear per, like reading, but this was as though it was like glued to like an opposite pole into the ground. So bananas, dude. So now that we've kind of like talked about that circumstance and like discussed how, you know, the kids got theirs to move in, you know, whatever directions and the fathers just like pointed straight down and didn't budge. We should probably discuss a little bit like how to use a pendulum and what directions mean what and, you know, (laughs) all of this stuff because there it, it can be more involved. Yeah, it can be quite complicated. I think the the very high level overview is you hold the end of the, typically you hold the end of the chain on the pendulum and the direction that it swings gives you a yes or no or a maybe answer. Um, almost sort of like a magic eight ball where it's like, yes, no, come back later. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Uh, but there, like, it's that's the the very bare bones. But if you really want to get into this, there is some preparation that you can do to prepare your pendulum, to prepare yourself, to set like your like the whole stage of what you're doing, and to close the thing out. So we'll walk you through that sort of step by step. And maybe you do all of these. Maybe you do some of these. Maybe you just pick it up and go. Does he like me? Yes or no? <laughs> and that's also fine. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I think whatever works for you. So. You've chosen, this is assuming, you've chosen your pendulum. Now, the first thing that I think is, like, in choosing any new tool in your witchcraft practice that is important is cleansing it. And this can be done in a variety of ways. Pick one that feels right to you. Pick one that feels right for your practice. Maybe you smoke cleanse it. Maybe you wash it with purified moon water. Maybe you rub some sea salt on it. Maybe you bury it in the ground for a day. Maybe you like have a really weird experience or you buy a used one. You're like, I don't know where this has come from. And you bury it in the ground for 30 days, like moon cycle to moon cycle. Whatever feels right to you, but cleanse it. Just make sure it's like free of whatever energy, especially you buy it from like a public shop. Who knows how many other people have come through and touched it and picked it up, put their energy, left that trace behind. So just, you know, make it yours, make it fresh and new. From there, so you've got your pendulum, it's ready to go. You're going to make yourself ready. So I think the sort of second step is to prepare your mind, prepare you. And that's sort of a twofold. One is sort of like setting your mind in the right space. And the second is setting yourself in the right space. So relax. You're not going to get a great reading if you're fucking stressed out and wound up. And I know that could be really hard right now. But just taking a moment to be like, this is what I'm here for. Be present in the moment relax, don't be multitasking, texting and doing whatever while you're also trying to do a reading. Like make this as time, even if it's just three minutes, just make it a time for you. Maybe you light a candle, put on some of your favorite music, whatever it might be, but just be centered around this particular reading. Because if this does come from your own deep intuition, then you're going to have to focus on yourself and not everything else and all the distractions around you to get a good reading. So you're going to have to also position yourself, uh, which means be in a comfortable space. So a lot of people are going to say, like, sit straight, feet on the floor, hand at a certain angle, etc., etc. I'm going to go with be comfortable. Be grounded, but be comfortable. Because if you're thinking about how much this is an awkward position. If I had to sit in a chair with my feet flat on the floor, I'm a back straight, I would be thinking more about how uncomfortable I am and how ridiculous I look than doing the reading. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, same. And, and if that's happening, you're not going to be getting clear results at, like at all. Exactly. Now, Lindsay, how do you hold your pendulum? I'm a like, I hold it in between my thumb and my middle finger. Okay. I've seen thumb and middle finger, thumb and index finger. Uh, I've also seen people like loop it through their fingers in a particular way. Uh, not necessarily always the same way, but like they like if it's got an extra long cord, they wrap it around their wrist and then, you know, hold it. So it drapes down from between like their like 
their second and third finger. Oh yeah. Okay. So I've seen a lot of different ways, but I, I'm like you, I like to hold it by the end of the chain. Yeah. A little like fob at the end. Yeah, I do too. I feel like there, uh, it, for whatever reason, the more chain I have, the more momentum it can gain to tell me what it wants to tell me. Does that make sense? I'd never thought about that, (laughs) but I really dig it. Yeah, for sure. Because just, I think, I don't know, I never took physics, but I feel like the more chain it's got and the more movement it has, the more visible that movement's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. (laughs) So you're sat, you got a candle lit, you got a clean pendulum, it's in your hand. This is where the gotta understand what the movement means comes in. Yeah. For me, I always will like kind of ask a question to figure it out. I'll be like, are my shoes blue today? Oh, yes. And see what direction it swings. And I'll let that define what that movement means yes absolutely yeah that you can um define or program your pendulum to mean certain things i think that's a great tool for that yeah yeah i i feel like like me my pendulum isn't the same every day you know maybe sometimes it feels a little quirky like me (laughs) maybe sometimes it wants to step out the door with its left foot first instead of its right foot That's such a good point because that's, yeah, it's so true. It's going to read a little different each and every time. Yeah. So I want to make sure that whatever it's trying to tell me, I'm completely understanding. Absolutely. And I think that you can, you know, you can sort of take two approaches to that. Either you tell it when it swings this direction, it's a yes. And when it swings that direction, it's a no. Mm-hmm. Or you, like you said, you can program it or define it by asking a question you know to be true. Is my name Veronica? And if it's like swings in the direction you want to symbolize yes, you can be like, this means yes. And I think that's the point that I really like is clarifying also aloud. Uh, for some reason, speaking it out loud just makes it more real to me. Yeah. So, you know, saying like, you know, this means yes. My sh- like you're telling me yes kind of thing and then ask it another question so that you get, get another yes answer because you don't want it to like be like yes once and then you know not quite yes the second time and then not quite yes the third time and then yes the fourth time like you want it to be you know a clear and true every time it's a true thing yeah there are also charts that people make you can draw them out yourself you can buy them and on the charts, it'll sort of define what the directions mean as well. Now, I'm not sure if you still need to like program the pendulum when using the charts, but I've seen some pretty crazy ones. Yeah, they can get really intricate, and I yeah. think they're super cool. I do not have one, and I would like to, uh, but I would like much like the pendulum itself. I want it to be the right one. I want to go and see it and pick it up and be like, "Are you my chart?" Yeah, because it's defining the answers for me. And I have always read above my palm. So if you don't have a chart, then what I personally tend to recommend is you hold your free hand below the pendulum, three or four inches below the pendulum, 
And the idea there is that you're drawing the energy from the other hand into the pendulum to also get the answer that is correct for you. Oh, cool. And if I'm reading for someone else, I give them personally, I give them the pendulum. I tell them how it works. I show them. I give them a demonstration of like, we're, you're going to hold it like this. It's going to work this way. If it swings this way and I will manually swing it, then it means yes. And if it swings this way, then it means no. And then I, I feel comfortable giving my pendulum to somebody else to let them do that same thing mm -hmm. and put their energy into it. Not everybody does. And that's cool. But, but yeah, I, I like holding it above my hand. I think a board would be awesome. Yeah, dude, totally. I've drawn my own charts before, and I might still have some of them that I've drawn. Oh, man, I'd love to see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the ones that I've done are, like, pretty simple. But I like having the visual. I don't need it, but I think it's cool to have. Yeah, it is cool to have because yeah. it's just something else to focus your mind on, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that one of the things I've noticed with the boards is they have a lot more details, too. So when I'm holding it above my palm... I tend to get a couple of different reads. I get a yes, which for me and my pendulum is a vertical swing. So it swings away from me and back. A no is horizontal, so it swings left to right. <laughs> and then I get um, sometimes a circular motion. And that tends to mean that it is not yet decided for me. Now, for different readers, and as you get more into it, you can also get diagonal swings that mean maybe or diagonal swings in a different, in the opposite direction that mean maybe something like um, ask again later or it is not yet known. Circles in one direction clockwise sometimes mean a strong yes and counterclockwise a strong no. If it holds perfectly still, it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. It's just weird. <laughs> but knowing your pendulum, knowing your own tool, it's not about, you know, yes is always this and no is always that. It's knowing what your tool is saying and, and how to use it. So you've defined the directional swings, what they mean. You've like basically programmed it. What's next? You ask questions, right? Right. You have to prepare your questions. They have to be they have to be questions that your pendulum can answer. Right. If you ask your pendulum what the recipe for beef stroganoff is, it's not going to do jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> but if you answer or sorry, if you ask it something like a yes or no question, it needs to be a question you can answer with yes, no, or maybe. And I know that that could be hard to hear that maybe but sometimes that's the fucking answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's, you know, something you need to be prepared for and aware of. But answering your questions uh, is, is only possible if they are framed in such a way that they can be answered. So making sure that they are clear, that they are concise, that you know what you want to ask before you ask it. And that you've really like thought about, is this the best way to word it? I think that, that, that at this point in this process too, it's important to remind yourself to be patient too while you're waiting for an answer. Because sometimes it doesn't move right away. Sometimes it might take a minute. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I remember the first few times that I read not only for myself, but for a few other people. And I just sort of gave that like wishy-washy, especially that night on like pendulum reading always stands out to me in that night on Halloween a couple years back. But 
there were definitely a few folks that were like, it's not doing anything. And I'm like, oh my God, you've had it in your hand for like two seconds. I'm like, just wait, just wait, give it a second. See, it's and they're like, well, it's kind of moving in a circle. I'm like, it'll figure itself out. Think of your question. Stop thinking about how it's moving. Think about your question. Concentrate on your question and the pendulum will give you an answer. And it, every time, every single freaking time, except for that one time it hung straight down, it gave an answer. <laughs> and even then, that was an answer. It just wasn't one I knew how to interpret at that time. Right, 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 right. But, you know, it. you do. You have to be patient. It's not instantaneous sometimes, especially if it's drawing from your own intuition. And, like, maybe what you secretly know to be true takes a while for you to, like, draw that out. So hang in there. Be patient with it. And then the last one is you've answered your question. Now what? You, maybe you've got more. Maybe you're done for the day. Maybe you hated the answer. That's not the pendulum's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important to just shut it down, to not necessarily cleanse it in full, but to clear it. And so if you have three or four questions you want to ask, maybe something like, um, should I look for a new job? Should I look for a new job next month? Or is this the right job for me? Should I stay in whatever? That sort of thing. And so you've asked it, like you want to ask it a couple of questions. And then in between each time, just like shut it down for a second. Maybe like scoop it up, hold it in your free hand, touch it to the ground. You know, something that just like sort of st like stops those vibrations and then start fresh again. Now, I do want to say as well, um, in using a pendulum, it can really help to, before you do any of this, set an intention. So knowing what your sort of general guidance for like for reading in that particular moment is. When I read for people on Halloween, I wanted to entertain them. I wanted to give them a taste of real magic through something fun and approachable. That was my in, like intention. I think it definitely achieved it that night. But, you know, really setting the parameters in which like, this is why you're here. This is what you want to to know. And being uh, being open and receptive to that, I think, is really helpful. Because the most often, like the most common complaint I think people have is it doesn't work. And so what do you do if you think you're like, ah, oh, fuck, it's not working? Right. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, is it not working or did you not get the answer you wanted? That's a super fair point because just because it tells you something you don't want to hear or doesn't give you a clear answer that you thought you would get doesn't mean it's not working so you have to be open and receptive to what it's trying to tell you but if it's not working maybe you're not focused enough I hate to say it but like maybe you just need to take a minute to like relax. Maybe you're like distracted. You're frustrated. You didn't get the answer you wanted. And then you plowed ahead into another question and you were just getting more and more frustrated. Put it away. Try it again tomorrow. You do not need to answer every single question in that moment. Maybe you didn't phrase the question right. A hundred percent. It's like, it's a divining tool. It's not a genie. <laughs> it can't grant you wishes, nor can it figure out exactly what it is that you're trying to say. It needs to know what you are saying. And then the last one I'm going to harp on is just going back to that, like, be patient. Maybe it's going to take, like, you repeating the question aloud a couple of times or asking for a more clear answer. You know, be like, I think that's a yes. Can you be more clear? And see if you can get a better, stronger answer from it. 
Before we do take a break, though, because I do want to pause for a second before we come back and talk about a couple little, just a cute little snippets of lore we have, I would love to share my my actual penultimate favorite pendulum moment. Ooh, okay. Just in case. Just in case you've listened to all of this and you're like, okay, doesn't sound too hard. I think I can do this. I'm really pushing for you. I'm rooting for you. Get a pendulum. Try it out. It's It's fun. But it can also be really meaningful. So uh, that particular Halloween evening, uh, we had done a bunch of readings for people. Everybody had a good time. All of the kids were like, oh my gosh, it moves. It does its thing. A bunch of people came through and were like being the tough guy kind of thing, like slightly older. And they're like, oh, whatever. It's stupid. I'm like, oh, well, your friend's getting a fortune, so you can hang out over there. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) And so they wanted (laughs) to see. But towards the end of the evening, there was uh, a young girl who, or young individual who came through the yard. I'm not entirely sure what their costume was. They were very meek and timid, but uh, they came through with a trench coat on, and I will never forget her. Uh, They basically, like came up they were like hey I heard you're doing fortunes do I like do I need to pay for it blah 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 I was like no 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 you don't have to do anything like if you would like one I will give you a fortune and so I showed them how the pendulum worked and I was like you do not need to tell me your question and showed them like how to hold it and they like did their own little reading and held it just the way like I had showed them and like she got a yes answer It swung vertically away from her and she like snatched it up and like was beaming and handed it back to me. And all she said as she walked away was, I will like myself one day. Oh my God. That's heartbreaking. It was, I cried. I'm going to cry now. Oh my gosh. I might too. (laughs) It was the most touching experience I've ever had in all the fortune telling that I've ever done for folks. And if I've read for you, it's not a slight on your reading. That was like the most touching thing I've ever had happen. And I think that that was for me in that moment showed me not only the fun that people can have in having a fortune read, but the power that it has for folks. I mean, there were people that came through that evening that were like, I'm not going to win my swim meet. And I was like, well, it's telling you what you like, It's telling you the magic of what's happening right now. It hasn't happened yet, so you can always change your future. And, you know, like those sorts of things were really impactful, I think, for a bunch of young folks. But, yeah, that one girl who who just like really wanted to love herself and needed to know that like something in their life was going to change to make that happen. And and I just thought that that was so beautiful. So. You can use them for fun. You can use them for empowerment. However you choose to use a pendulum, highly recommend checking it out. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, let's take a little break. Come back. And I've got a couple little snippets of lore to share before we wrap things up today. Cool. Catch you soon, witches. man yeah yeah okay so we've got a pendulum we know how to use a pendulum we know what's making the pendulum work 
Now I want to know just some fun shit you can do with it. Yeah, dude, totally. One thing that I've always heard of people doing and one thing that I've actually done myself is for other people, not for me, is is use a pendulum to determine the sex of a baby. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've like, kind of heard of this. While it's in the womb. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. This feels like a little bit of an old wives tale, but go on. It's 100% an old wives tale, but people, you know, they've done it for generations they and they still do it and it still comes up like almost any time i have a friend who's pregnant somebody's always <laughs> like Ooh, let's do the pendulum let's do thing. the thing <laughs> yeah and you don't need an actual pendulum that you buy at a store to do this you can use a piece of ribbon with like a wedding ring tied to the end of it i've used thread with a needle on the end of it oh yeah okay yeah essentially you just need like some kind of cord with some kind of weight at the bottom that will (laughs) then swing that cord it can be anything really you don't need to program it it's pretty like there's you know the directions are are pretty I guess the pretty pretty much the same every single time you do it so essentially you want to make sure that you know mama's comfortable You want to have her sitting down somewhere comfy or like laying down. And then you're going to hold your pendulum above her belly. And a circular swing, you're going to ask, you know, what's the sex of the baby? Right. A circular swing usually means it's going to be a girl. And if if it swings in like a straight line vertically or horizontally, then that usually means it's going to be a boy. Aww. Yeah. I love... All the little bits of folklore and magic that weave themselves into everyday life that are still part of everyday life. People that are like super anti-witchcraft are still like, do the needle and thread thing. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, they don't even know that they're doing it. Exactly. I think it's awesome. It is awesome. And super cute. So earlier you told me that my pendulum was a special kind of Uh pendulum. So, unbeknownst to me that you had one of these, (laughs) I actually found some stuff on a particular type of pendulum called, I believe, now I could be butchering his name as I am known to do, (laughs) but I believe it is called the Abe Mermet or Mermet pendulum. And so, essentially, Abe, I'm going to call him Abe Mermet, but he was either a French priest or a Swiss clergyman, or probably both. <laughs> okay. So I literally went through, and I probably read six or seven different sources on this, and half of them said he was a French priest, and half of them said he was a Swiss clergyman. So he could have been a Swiss, Swiss priest that became a Swiss, a French priest that became a Swiss clergyman, or vice versa. But in any case, he was a religious individual okay. <laughs> of some renown who was particularly known for, um, in the early 1900s, he used pendulums to locate water and minerals on maps and find missing people. Oh, crazy. And he was so good at it and became so prolific that he wrote a book that became basically the quintessential book in the early 1900s for about 50 years on what he called dousing, uh, which this is a form of dousing using an, an object, an inanimate object to divine where something is or get an answer, yes or no. 
And he was so good at this that the Vatican hired him to find several lost treasures. Wow. Did he find them? So I couldn't find a single thing on that. I've got to find a better book on him. And, and I may even see if I can get a copy of his book on dousing. Cool. And hopefully, because it details all of his uh, sort of exploration into this and all of his cases and I'm hoping it reads kind of like a fucking Nancy Drew novel awesome. <laughs> but I don't know maybe it'll be dry as a bone but I'm gonna try and get a copy and then we'll follow up and see if he actually found anyone or not cool but I thought this was particularly noteworthy when I was reading through it because one back in the 1320s way the fuck long ago Pope John the 22nd actually banned pendulums as like it was like canon in the Catholic religion. You are not allowed to use a pendulum because it is the devil speaking to you. Oh, okay. Except for Mr. Mermaid, who the Vatican was like, oh, but our treasures. <laughs> <laughs> you could find our treasures, sir. <laughs> now, on top of his pendulum use, he actually also created his own type of pendulum. Oh. Which is what you have. Oh. <laughs> so he created the first pendulum with what is called a witness chamber. Oh. And that is when you take a pendulum and drill or bore out the inside of the pendulum, particularly metal ones, usually brass, but in your case, silver, um, and stuff it with herbs. And the thought was, much like you said, Certain herbs emit a certain specific energy or radiation field vibrations, and they'll cause different vibrations uh, within the pendulum itself that can increase its sensitivity in a particular type of question, in a particular location or season. So he would change out the herbs in his... Um, in his witness uh, to get different effects depending on what he was looking for and where he was looking for them. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have a you have a witness chamber pendulum. Awesome. So fucking cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Invented by a dude that used it to hunt for lost people. So crazy. I love it. Me <laughs> <You> too. <laughs> <laughs> that may be, I'm sorry, but that may be one of the cooler random things we've discovered. I know, right? <laughs> So uh, before we wrap things up, I did want to mention something that like we kind of talked about in our little microscopic break in between segments here was the fact that a pendulum doesn't have to be this beautiful piece of art that you buy in a witchcraft shop. It doesn't have to come from a witchcraft shop at all. I don't give a shit. Buy it from Amazon if you have to. But like you don't have to buy it at all, much like determining the sex of a baby as you know a sort of party trick you can make your own pendulum so if you're like man I want to get one of those really nice ones but you don't have the cash or you're just not into it then make your own it's very simple you need a cord or a chain or a length of something you need something for the you need an object and something for it to swing on basically yeah so it could be Maybe a pendant that's really meaningful to you or a ring that's really meaningful to you. Or you can wrap a bunch of like embroidery thread around a D20. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can make it whatever you want it to be. The only things I would recommend is that the object has some weight to it so that it pulls the cord down. That you make the cord long enough so that it can have a little bit of momentum. And if you're making it, I mean, why not make it out of something that is meaningful or purposeful to you? Yeah something you like, 
something you use often, something you inherited that's very special. Ooh, yeah. Something you find in your yard, like an acorn. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, man. Can you imagine doing like a cool um, acorn pen, uh, pendulum, like especially around like one of the sabbats or something like yeah. that? I think that would be awesome. So cool. So give it a try. We'd love to hear if you do uh, and send us a photo. You can tag us on Instagram, which is 5C2P pod or send us an email. Also 5C2P pod at Gmail. But tell us about your pendulum experiences. Do you have one? Are you curious? Did you make one? Did you get an, uh, did you get a straight down cord that wouldn't move? Like what's yeah. going on? Tell us, tell us all your stories. We'd love to hear them. Totally. But until next week, when we'll be back with another fantastic episode. Hang in there. I know it's hard. We're a year into this bullshit. Just keep on trudging. Keep your chins up. We're right there with you. Remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Yeah, totally.